0: We're finally doing this. We're finally doing this. Here we, we're back. We're, we're back. back, motherfuckers. We're talking about it. That's yeah. Good. We're, we're talking about it. We're being about it. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, episode two of Asia Out Loud, the mm-hmm. Outsiders podcast or mm-hmm. vodcast because mm-hmm. we're videoing it. Yeah.
1: We're saying words and recording it.
0: Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. for posterity, for mm-hmm. God knows who's going to be watching this. Hey, ain't, ain't my kids. <laughs> 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 I got to take go it to watch this shit. Man. So, like, uh, and uh, now featuring less dogs and less people in the background walking around bartenders shout out to tyler at lost and found thank you so much for letting me use your space letting us use your space for the first one Mm -hmm. but this one i'm doing in my apartment which uh you've you've been here a couple times before right yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. we've been here a couple times you know talk smoke drank Passed out on this couch, on this lovely stained couch. Well, it I mean, wasn't
0: stained before you sat on it. Thank I, you very you know, much. we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, is, Eric is famous for fucking my shit up, man. Oh, yeah. Notorious. <laughs> Notorious. <laughs> Dude, I got so a uh, quick backstory about <laughs> Eric and I. I wasn't even going to bring this up. I bought this jacket. And I, I really never gonna I'm never going to let this go. Oh, I'm, gonna I'm never going to let this go. I'm going to be dead, gonna, and you're going to be in my. Gonna
1: you gonna je- you go. <laughs> you're going to be my, So yeah. that, that jacket costs $79.99. <laughs> who's going to pay me back right, now that he's
0: dead? I'll be at the funeral. I'll be. Like, <laughs> collection plate. <laughs> We're sending out a collection plate for my jacket. The and then if I get enough money, I'll throw it on top of your coffin as it's. <laughs> like, Thank there you, you go. It's yours. You, you, you ordered it. 800000 dong <laughs> jacket. This motherfucker. I bought this jacket and and uh, was hanging out with Eric and and uh, former guest of Asia Out Loud outside his podcast Voomin 2. I was like, "Yo, I got this jacket, Eric. I really like it. It's you know, it's tight, it's form fitting to my body. I think it's the perfect jacket." And this this guy goes up, he start, he starts putting on. I don't know if you can tell, Eric, how tall are you? I'm six foot four. <laughs> Eric is six foot four. I'm five foot ten, and I mean, I'm I'm not going to go into the size difference here. My jacket does not fit Eric but it was like kind of stretchy as stretchy as the hulk would say
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he decided Why did to, you have to, to make put, the hulk mexican you have you haven't seen you haven't seen the hulk the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. the one with the. Uh, it's with the Incredible Edward Hulk, Norton.
1: not the Incredible Hulk. No, 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 no it's not. <laughs> <correct>. Yes,
0: <laughs> but there's a scene when he freaks out.
1: my stretchy I know what you're talking about.
0: Stretchy. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just in case you thought I was being racist or something, I just
1: like giving a shit. That's where <laughs> we're, well, we'll, we'll get there, sir. Mm-hmm. We'll get
0: there. So he puts my jacket on, and I'm like, and I, all of a sudden, it was, it was, was it Black Sheep? What's the name of that movie? Uh, Tommy Boy. It's Tommy Boy, right? And 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 Eric decided he was going to be. Chris Farley. and I, what's in What's the guy's yeah. name? Uh, you, David Spade. It's David Spade. And I felt like David Spade. He's, he starts putting on my jacket. I'm like, don't do it. And, and he keeps putting it on. I'm like, don't do it. And what do you do? I put it on and I stretched it out. I did the, the Hulk flex. Fat guy in and a little, a little coat. Suit, Yeah. And the, th- the funny thing is that actually happens to you. You feel, I turned into David Spade. I, I wasn't fun anymore. So <laughs> it was just, it's funny to watch... Somebody go through that, but it's not funny to be David Spade in that situation.
1: Okay, I maintain I would have never done that if you wouldn't have laughed at the beginning and, you know, encouraged me. Because I
0: didn't think that you was were going to act. I was like, ha, ah, yeah, that's
1: funny, that's funny. Yeah, don't do it. I wasn't, but you also know, like, comedians, how we are, right? A little bit of laughter. I was like, ah, oh, I got to keep going uh, yeah. with this bit.
0: That shit cost me money, though, man. Yeah. He said, but bam. the memory. <laughs> 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 the memories, the breast, this is yeah. so. So what's up, man? Here we are. Yeah, here now we that are. And then I made you feel bad about something. I feel a little bit more in control. I feel a little less nervous this now is
1: that me. you attempted to make me feel bad oh about something. Oh my god, I should shit, better. That shit's hilarious, oh, and god. it gets funnier every time you tell the story. I still have the jacket. Yeah, I know. That's guess what it is. It's your blanket now. It's mas estreci. Yeah, it's Masa stretci. <laughs> you know when i leave vietnam that's gonna be your momentum of me that and the stained couch
0: yeah it's good this baggy ass jacket so Mm -hmm. this is the uh this is a bittersweet occasion yeah this is so we are we're this this is coming at you from saigon vietnam ho chi minh city vietnam Mm -hmm. and uh eric has been living in vietnam how long have you been here
1: Six years and some change, man. Wow, yeah. six years and some change. Yeah. Totally missed the Trump presidency.
0: Totally missed
1: the Trump yeah, presidency. Yeah, mi-
0: did you miss it? You're, I, like, you're like, oh, God, I don't know. Damn, did I, I did wish it I could
1: anything anything interesting go down while I was
0: going? That's
1: my joke. You're welcome, motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that.
0: <laughs> I just I just gave him a tag yeah. and he's gonna see he's gonna he's gonna rock it like five minutes later. Yeah. No, that'll that'll work. That'll work. No, but it's yeah, we we, we both missed it. Yeah. Yeah, cause I've been here five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was I was there for the for the the lead up, like the the campaign. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, mm, I don't like how this is going. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, like a lot of people, I didn't. I was like, yeah, I'll be back in a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you missed it. Yeah, I
1: missed it. Yeah. I missed I missed an entire. I missed all the scandals. I
0: Missed, missed all the it. scandals. You would like? I mean, so what was that like? Because because if you remember, the beginning of that mm-hmm. was I mean it started off right with like so like anti-mexican rhetoric right i Uh, I felt like that was i mean i I felt like that was for me at least that was the launch pad that i was like "Ooh, okay that's what you're doing
1: right uh you know i think a big part of it was like when you first hear you're like ah come on it's not serious like i knew that trump was serious about running i just didn't think the country and i should have known better in hindsight like oh yeah because uh the thing is like um you know, when when you use that as a skyrocket, it's like, it was like a big I told you so moment. Yeah. Like, we've been, t- I've been telling you. My mom's been telling you. My grandparents have been telling you. You know, it's this whole thing of like, we've been telling you. Yeah. They, they don't like us. Yeah. When the KKK publicly announces that they're switching their focus from black people to Mexicans, like, hey, it should let you know, uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be well, for, I don't think it's going to be good for us. Yeah. For
0: <laughs> it, it was a relief for me, too, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. being honest. I was like, oh, uh, God, thank yeah, God. Yeah. Get some. Better get to crosses.
1: running, Jesus. Yeah.
0: I just had a terrible joke, but I
2: couldn't <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, man. No, but it was crazy
1: because, like, I uh and that's where like one of my jokes stems from. Whereas, like, the most annoying person during any election in the recent one is the uh, the person who, after like four years of the past shenanigans, is still amazed about what's happening in the world. I was like, yeah, like. Yeah yeah absolutely yeah, so yeah.
0: We, we both have a, a similar jo- similar joke about that yeah yours yours uh, features a, a a great reaction. was there's no word for this yeah oh, oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. and it really is that's how it sounds like <laughs> to me every time I see like a person who's amazed at what the the presidency what's happening in the presidency or any of the scandals, they always come up and like that's what I hear in my mind is like, oh oh. oh. Oh, I can't believe! Like, where have you been? It, sounds,
0: it sounds like a mix of somebody nutting, <laughs> and every line of dialogue from *Quest for Fire*. I'm you sure you've never seen it. this. Movie. Ron Perlman. Oh, 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 oh. Those of you who have seen *Quest for Fire*. Ron Perlman, Raydon Chong, mm, Tommy Chong's daughter. But um, so anyway, but I haven't introduced you, man. Yeah. Damn, I'm really bad at this. This All is right, how we so are. We just riff. We just riff. That's we riff. We do. Uh, we we are we're, we're kind of friends. No, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah
1: kind of. I don't know. After,
0: after <laughs> I stretched out, after I, <laughs> I that was that was the true test <laughs> of our friendship, man.
2: That, that
0: jacket cost me thirty five dollars, man. Yeah. It's like, is this friendship worth thirty five dollars? Thirty four
1: dollars and ninety nine cents. I mean, on, still,
0: me. you know, come on, same thing, mm-hmm. same same. But uh but uh Eric Eric Garcia, uh stand up comedian, mm-hmm. um, also uh resident of, of Vietnam, as I've been for the past five years. Obviously, we went over it. And, um, yeah, and uh, the auspicious occasion. Eric... Like a damn fool. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> It's moving back to the United States. I can't believe it. Yeah, man. You're going back into the, the belly of the beast. Belly
1: of the beast. I don't know, man. I'm going back to family and friends. But yeah, I, I, I 100% get it. Um, the real thing is, like, I feel like I should have been back three years ago. Mm. Um, so one thing that happens for you, you guys listening at home is there's kind of a phenomenon I noticed within my first two years with, like, people who have been here for so long, they leave Vietnam, and then within two to three months, they end up coming back because it's... Uh, it's hard when you go from this lifestyle to the western lifestyle It's like oh man i want to come back so i just got really afraid that i would be in that in that so for three years i kind of like been pushing that uh voice in my head down and uh yeah i think it just came to a head and it's like i gotta I, i'll never be really happy until i go back and give it a shot
0: well the good news we might see eric in three months we <laughs> might do a- Thanks. <laughs> the, this might be book-ended. <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> What's making as it's as a two-parter? Yeah, like one two is part. like, <laughs> Eric, what did you see when you went back to the United States? She was crazy. Flagged. She was crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Confederate flags are still
0: going. Oh Lord. Mm. The Confederacy lasted for less time than the, the Sopranos.
1: Yeah, dude. That's and that planet. shit's still like their flag. How many Soprano flags do you see uh, rot flying in the states? These colors don't bleed. I
0: haven't seen a one. I haven't yeah. seen a one. Yeah. so uh so how how did we meet eric uh
1: i had come to saigon um three years ago actually around that time um i come to the ho chi Minh city uh to do some comedy i was doing a show at angie's uh at a, i forget the location but i was doing a show at angie's and i needed to buy shoes because i'm a size 12 shoes and i was like yo do you know where i can buy shoes to booming too i asked her and she said my buddy jk knows he has big feet uh so that's how we met yeah and yeah, you told me where to get some shoes. They didn't have any my size, so, you know, struggle. struggle's <laughs> real. Struggle's real. I know the struggle's real. But long story short, I've been without shoes for the past three years as well, well. barefoot. Barefoot, yeah. He's
0: the most leather-footed motherfucker you yeah. could ever want to see. The
1: amount of tetanus shots I've <laughs> received.
0: <laughs> uh, you can walk on hot coals and yeah. not feel a damn mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Oh, Got my Jamaican God. Jamaican feet. <laughs> That's a thing, That's man. a thing. Yo, shout out! To, shout out to my Jamaican family. But when we used to be walking their to the feet. pool, we used to walk to like a like a pool mm-hmm. uh, near their 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 house, and mm-hmm. they lived like kind of in a nice area. And yeah. we'd be walking barefoot, yeah. And they'd just be like walking and shit. I'd be like, <laughs> like gravel, but like, yeah. oh, what the hell, you know? It hurt. Not Eric. Not me, man. Not you. So yeah, so we met back then. I'm trying to remember. So Angie, shout out to Angie, the diva, mm-hmm. um, s- s- comedian, formerly located in Saigon, back in yeah. Maui Now we yeah. love you um i'm trying to think of where where you did that was it at you wouldn't remember anyway. no
1: we met at indica we met at indica yeah, yeah we, we yeah. met at indica but yeah. it was um it was a past i think it was a not pastor street it was a brewery heart of darkness it was at heart of dark district one
0: i remember i <laughs> remember the day now i remember the day
1: i told them my neo-nazi story that day yeah, yeah. you did you yeah.
0: did i remember a bunch of things happening that day actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah Going to yeah,
1: going to, uh, uh, my mom's <laughs> gonna watch this, dude. Like.
0: Miss Garcia, uh, Miss Sen- Tovar, Senora mm-hmm. uh, Tovar, th- apagalo, apagalo, 10 uh, minutos, por favor. Okay, 15
1: actually,
2: okay.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: okay. that's good. I got into some shit. Uh, you're <laughs> fine,
0: you're fine. Everything, we're respectable people here yeah. at Asia mm-hmm. Out Loud, the outsiders. yes so, so, so that's when we met, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, ever since. Every time you come down here, and every time I go to Hanoi, mm-hmm. like I like have, I got I got people in Hanoi. Like yeah. I got people that I've known for longer. Yeah, but I, but I'm the closest to. I was I am the closest to you, but you don't live there anymore. Yeah, I have like like my host family from when I was doing Fulbright. Oh so yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But then after that, like I just besides them, they came out
1: as Trump supporters, didn't they? No,
0: they, they no, they didn't. No, they didn't. <laughs> they're, they're they're mad cool. I still see them when I go up there. You right. know? Uh shout out to Hùng and Mai and family, um, and kids cause two and I went up there and I already knew you from coming down here Yeah, and that's I think when we really got to know each other was uh
1: yeah man showed yeah. you barbecue chicken street like, yeah dude took you all to all the eats so, and yeah, oh, we just bonded man.
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a street they call it chicken street and We'd just get barbecue chicken and ribs and, yeah. and beer and we would just eat a lot of it and, and you know it doesn't matter that you're black and i took you there
1: that's that's not a big it bit. was so
0: racist man. and i got my revenge i took him to a bad taco shop oh I you like, hey. I was, you son of a bitch <laughs> that was. you thought it was just food he didn't even realize it was mexican food he yeah. was like oh he took me to a food place yeah no, is this like
1: falafel like no there's is mexican what
0: just, the fuck it was terrible it was chickpea tacos mm. bad idea yeah so then and then the rest is history, and here yeah. we
1: are. just yeah. I stretched out. I made. I st- yeah. I'm
0: just gonna bring up old shit. Why are you gonna bring up old shit, man?
1: You brought it up. We're I'm moving just... on, though. Yeah. We're
0: on to the next part mm-hmm. of the topic of the podcast. Yeah. Whatever that Wait,
1: is. What is the topic of the podcast, by the way? We're
0: we're, we're gonna get there. I'm, okay. not, I'm not I'm not done with you yet. So we'll get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 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 you're a stand up comic. How old were you, or or what was the first stand up comic that you remember seeing, and just being, wow, that's funny. And then, where you were like, wow, I should do this.
1: So, uh, John Leguizamo. Mm. John Leguizamo, like, it was like I got into a spaceship and he just took me off, man. Yeah, man. Uh, he did that free. He was big at this free. time because he did, like, Super Mario Brothers, which I like. All right, everyone hates you all hate Super Mario Brothers, but I loved it because of him. He did the. I past- love he
0: had to put his hand over his heart, like,
1: which I like. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, John Leguizamo so I knew him from like super um, super Mario brothers I'd known him from the past and like he was he was really rising at this time yeah he was uh, funny. and uh, he did his first special freak and for me it was amazing seeing another Latino on stage and being celebrated and he wasn't like punching down on us as much as he was talking about his life growing up to immigrant parents which I grew up to yeah. uh, in a world like trying to be you know trying to live this American life but be broke and have immigrant parents but you still want to move up but at the same time you can't forget your past it really spoke to a huge part of me and mm. I was like five or six and I just still remember so many wow. jokes yeah That's and nuts, man. ever since then that really started the comedy uh, the comedy uh, wheels in my head and yeah. after that I would just watch every comedy not even special like comedy anything that i could i was always glued to comedy central i would watch like christopher titus's show andy richter's show yeah, and just uh, bill Bellingley. my brother one day brought home a uh, tape that his friend gave him of deaf comedy jam the hits okay. and that's when i got introduced to martin lawrence yeah. chris tucker Jeez. did his michael jackson Beast. bit yeah, Bill Bellamy, yeah. Bill Bellamy, who I think has slept on still to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, great. yeah, yeah, so yeah, I got introduced to a lot of uh, comedy, but it all started with John Leguizamo.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah I remember that special. Yeah. I, remember he, I remember that special. He goes, he goes. The Puerto Rican heartbeat sounds like this.
1: Oh, that's his second one. That's that Sex Freak. No, Sexaholics. That?
0: Sexaholics. That's what that ba, was. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. So then, so that was the first comedy you saw, and that's also the one that made you want to do it
1: uh like, no the, when i wanted to do it i found myself again so i was six and then i flash forward to i'm 18 years old i found myself remembering like a fucking dictionary entire comedian sets and i'd be able to do them wow. so when i went to college <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: This, this doesn't surprise me at all because if uh, shout out to anybody that knows eric eric will recite to you an entire bit that you've seen a million times as if you've never seen it before <laughs> It's more it's for me. It's, yeah. more for
1: it's more for me than it is for you. Just know yeah. that.
0: Let me tell you something. Uh before this, we were talking about Dave Chappelle. Eric has said and a banana cognac bitch no less than 14 times before we started recording. Yeah. this. If you know Tron from yeah. Dave Chappelle. And, and a banana, banana cognac con- bitch. Me- con- me- me- yeah, you yeah, didn't want to say the B You didn't you didn't you want to say the b word, did
2: you?
1: Uh no, I didn't want to say it. I just like I'm just trying to keep it clean. As clean as I can. Uh, cuz this is going to get dirty later. Uh maybe maybe not. <laughs> But um, what keep, was it going to say? Keep the whiskey flowing. Sometimes. Yeah, keep the, keep let's just keep. That's why you got the whiskey, you motherfucker. Kind of <laughs> low there, aren't you? Yeah, I am.
0: I got you. I'll fix you up, man. All
1: right. So, yeah, so how I got into it is when I got to university, I would do these bits uh, for my friends, like rehearse them. Uh, not jokes saying, I would always say, This is Dave Chappelle, or This is Dan Cook, or Like, This is Eric Silverman, or Like, This is Lisa Landry. I would, I would, like, always give credit. But uh, my friend Hannah. With, uh, for three years, like, you need to do your own. Like, do your own, man. You, you have a good knack for this. Go ahead and do your own. So she just kept egging me on for three years. And, yeah, for my 21st birthday, I uh, was my gift to myself. I did stand-up for the first time.
0: How scary was that?
1: Oh, man, I was rehearsing for, like, two to three hours my own bit. I'll never forget. The first joke I ever came up with was I was talking to this guy who was talking about his grandmother passing. And there's something he said that, like, you know, as comedians, we do this. We fixate on any little wrong turn of phrase and we can try to turn it into a comedy joke he talked about his grandmother passing away hilarious at, by the way yeah you know that's a real knee slapper <laughs> uh, but uh, he said something he said uh, and I wrote this down he said um, you know she died at 94 so you know no hard feelings and like I was like how do you how do you have any hard feelings from that like you know like yeah, so I, I did this whole bit oh, about... I
2: feel
0: like to, to God? Like, yeah, exactly. Maybe, okay. To light. Now you know what, God? Yeah. Fair.
2: Fair. That's 94. Fair. She's
1: 94, She's 94 exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I did a whole bit about that. I also did a whole bit about ice cream truck. Dro- oh, uh, when I got pulled over by a cop, that was my other bit. So I had two jokes, the no hard feelings, and then the cop when they pulled us over. And I'll never forget the cop when they pulled us over. We were like you know it was a, a made up charge they were trying to get us on where were you at uh new orleans louisiana
0: okay wait so quick quick pull over mm-hmm. so you are from
1: los angeles
0: and you went to school in new orleans
1: louisiana okay shout yeah. out to new orleans new orleans
0: soiling green and yeah. i hate god and all you the big easy. out there yeah. the Big easy. yeah yeah
1: yeah um so we got pulled over by the cops and there was something else that the cops said i was like that's fucking stupid uh so i made a joke about it he said uh hey you guys are acting like he's like you're smart asses all right you're getting pulled over in this neighborhood let me tell you something if you get pulled over in this neighborhood you better consider yourself lucky you get pulled over by the cops and i was like who the fuck else is pulling people over like you
2: know like they this is the- over
0: this is the criminals yeah we want your car yeah exactly That's weird.
1: so i did a That's whole weird. bit about like ice cream truck drivers like getting really aggressive so yeah that was my that was my first ever hey yo, bit.
0: Hey, yo you want a bomb pop yeah i said you want a bomb pop what what is what now what is the go to ice cream from the ice cream truck
1: paleta I don't know I, I had a palete, paleta. paletero paleta. man yeah. paletero
0: oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so paletero, explain the paletero guy it's Oh like, yeah so we could like, it's like a like we a no pay for, no it's like a no frills ice cream yeah. that
1: you get So it's uh, <laughs> so you guys had ice cream trucks where we had we had the paletero man <laughs> the and the lota man ilote. and uh, it was a uh, we couldn't yeah we couldn't pay for the gas money uh so he just had this cart with dry ice and he had paletero and like had, um the the flavors were watermelon coconut strawberry and lime and that was it i was was, it was
0: was like an ice cream rickshaw
1: yeah it was an ice cream rickshaw with dry ice in it and um yeah those were your four flavors which is good yeah that's good don't
0: they have don't they have tamarindo also
1: i think some of them if you if you had a bougie one yeah if if you had a bougie
0: some guava paleta Mm -hmm. oh man the elote guy
1: yeah the elote that was the key okay so uh, the the way it went (laughs) growing up it was like the tamale lady the and the paletero. That, that, that was yeah,
0: tamales, uh, Champorado. Mm-hmm. I told you that story. Yeah, I haven't told it on the podcast, so I'm gonna tell it. Uh, really feels quick. right with me here. I, yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like you know, I guess a little buy-in. Yeah. I have some Mexican representations, so none of mm-hmm. this is gonna go wrong. Oh, it's gonna go horrible. I'll probably. Yeah. No, was that, that that I used to work nights mm-hmm. in the casino gaming industry. Yeah. And then I used to get home like 6:30 in the morning. Yeah. And try to sleep right away, like before the sun got really bright. Because otherwise, you're just like up for hours. And it's really hard to sleep during the day, you know? Right. And then I get in bed, and you just hear the lady outside, I lived in Koreatown, you know, Mm -hmm. by Wilshire. Oh, yeah. Tamales, champorado, tamales. And I'm like trying to sleep. I got the pillow over my head, It's like, tamales, champorado. It's like, fuck, man. Tamales. I'm like, shit, I get up, walk outside. Okay. Uh, dame un tamale de, de puerco y uno de, de, de gallina
1: it worked yeah. I mean it worked it did
0: work man I needed, I needed some gallina no you don't say gallina yeah, pollo the pollo the gallina is the animal yeah god my Spanish is so bad this is embarrassing
1: yeah growing up there was only like three tamales you can really get pollo puerco pollo rojo yeah. and then queso right which was this yeah, cheese, cheese and jalapeno yeah, yeah, mm.
0: yeah. true anyway I don't know why I felt like I had to dig, digress and tell that story. It's a good story. I mean, you know, it's, I, it I mean, kind of works as a bit, maybe yeah. not as a conversational piece. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's fine. I mean, who else are you going to say? I mean, you can only say this story with me or Gabriel, you know, right here. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> shout, shout out to Gabriel Villalobos. Hey, Villalobos. Are uh, probably my favorite Texan here in, in Saigon. Mm.
1: You were about to say favorite Mexican, and I forgot who was sitting next to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, he,
0: He's about to be <laughs> when you leave. Maybe before the end of this interview, depending on what, what happens. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is to gonna be, the end of this video is gonna be called evidence.
0: That's what, that's, evidence. So, uh, all right. So, so tell me about where would you do t- uh, stand up for the first time.
1: Carrollton Station and when I go back home I want to do it again at Carrollton Station I mean that's where's that so it's in New Orleans Louisiana it's in mm-hmm. Uptown New Orleans they call it Carrollton Station because the bar is right across the street from where the streetcars uh, they park the streetcars at night in this warehouse and the bar is across the street and so, they
0: call it Uptown because that's where it doesn't flood if there's a hurricane
1: yeah that's where that's where you're safe that's where I just made that up that's where that's nice house well yeah no, there's very nice houses in, in Uptown Yeah, got it yeah mm, okay, mm, very, very nice yeah um um <laughs> It's George Bush doesn't care about black people. Sorry, I said it. No. Uh, should I just be Mike Myers? <laughs> just sit there, standing. <laughs>
0: <Just uncomfortable. just laughs> didn't know he was gonna say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uptown, uptown. Carrollton Station. Yeah.
1: It's run by the Hanahan brothers. Uh, Mickey and Cassidy Hanahan. And uh that
0: is the most Irish name I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like two Irish names. Yeah.
1: Mickey and Cassidy, uh, Hanahan. They're really cool dudes, man. And uh I love one thing I love about him is like they just make sure it's balanced and they make sure like they don't want to fuck anyone over and like because uh, a lot of times in these mics like thirty or forty comedians show up and they don't want to turn anyone away Jeez. so if that's the case we have like two like i'll never forget they would always go in and they say look you guys gotta you guys got a loose two tight three you know that that's your time but yeah. like it taught us like it taught yeah. us so much tightened I, it up. yeah tighten it up and uh the thing i really liked about them is they never turned anyone away um the only people who were on the back like they try to rotate it so like you know sometimes it was just your week Sometimes right. it was your week to be number twenty-seven, number like it, we all had to do it, and the only person they would reserve like number twenty-nine or thirty would be like the people who would be number twenty-six and then just leave, or like people who like habitually st- go over their time.
2: Oh, yeah. you gotta put them at the end. Yeah. See so it, that's man.
1: where I did comedy the first time, and they were like super welcoming, and it was super fun, and you know, uh, I'll never forget.
0: That sounds just. That sounds hard to like it's, watch.
1: It's so much Twenty fun. people it's so much fun because here's the thing when there's a bad comic you only got 30 more seconds of them (laughs) like you only got 30 more seconds and this this is terrible but it'll be over soon yeah
0: exactly (laughs) that's pretty much and you get a variety
1: and you get something for everyone in the that's actually
0: true yeah what am i thinking about so
1: it's super super cool and uh, i'll never forget the second time was actually the real story so the second time the first time i go on i do pretty well i get laughs and i was like i I, i'm a natural you know i feel you know false confidence like you know uh beginner's luck and then i go on the second time i tell the exact same set, and I eat dog shit like the entire time. Sounds and that's about right <laughs> after me. They are like, All right, guys, that was Eric Garcia. Um, we're gonna bring on this next guy. He's a hometown hero, big shot. Um, he just signed his contract with Comedy Central to have a one hour special. Please welcome Mr. Sean Pan. And Sean Pan goes up and kills it. Uh, right. shout out Sean because you're the coolest, like, he was the coolest dude. Um, he did 15 20 minutes and just murdered. And my petty ass was in the back. Like, that's more than three minutes. I mean, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: He's, he's like, I'm seedy out. Yeah. Like, it's my second time yeah. up. I thought they'd yeah. give me six. Yeah. I killed last time.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget, I talked to him after that. And That's uh, cool. I told him, like, I congratulated him on a great set. And I was like, you know, I just got in. It's my second time. I'm having trouble finding out what's funny and what's not. Mm. And uh, he gave me a piece of advice I still use to this very day. He looks at me and goes, does it make you laugh? And I was like, what? He's like, does it make you laugh? And I said, yeah, it makes me laugh. Then it's funny. It's funny. If it makes you laugh, then it's funny. The craft is not finding something funny to say. The craft is making everyone laugh with you yeah. and seeing it through your eyes. Oh,
0: that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. So
1: that's, I've taken it with me and I've told other comedians that as well. Of like, Of like, yeah, like it's the goal is to get everyone else on your page and on your side <laughs> to see it how you see it.
0: That's really good, man. I learned something today because cause there's sometimes I will very <laughs> looks at the camera, I taught this motherfucker or something. Yeah. Is that, that there are times when I will just I don't know, I'll think of sometimes I'll yeah. think of jokes while I'm chanting at right. Buddhist practice where I chant. And I'll just think of a joke and I'll be cracking up laughing so hard, you know? Yeah. And then I'll just I'll just and I'll try it like a few times and then I'm like okay fuck it I guess it's just funny to me but it's it's a matter of bringing them to that place yeah I can I can totally see that yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's good good shit
1: yeah so that was my first two times performing wow. comedy Amazing. Yeah. At yeah. Carrollton Station, yeah, it was, it was good. And uh, and like I said, when I go back home, that's definitely a bar I'm, I wanna I wanna go to. So, but you're going you're going to L.A. I'm going to L.A. to live at home because um, yes, I've been here for six years, but I've been away from L.A. for twelve years.
0: Isn't it funny that you that you lived in L.A. and then you lived in Louisiana, which the abbreviation for it is L.A. Have you thought about that? Oh
1: uh, yeah. Oh my God, you're the first person. I knew it. I'm So you.
0: good at original thought. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Continue, <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, but yeah, man. So, um, I never want to go back and just you know say hi to the brothers and you know just see people I haven't seen if they're still in the scene. True, yeah. that in yeah. LA, you mean, yeah, uh, or in Louisiana, in Louisiana, yeah. yeah. Actually, so much in my, comedy in LA, I did one show in LA, me too, uh, Flappers Comedy Club.
0: Oh, I know Flappers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah North Hollywood, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Henry Brown, Flappers regular.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that was interesting because, um, but yeah, some of my New Orleans co-comics or people that I was in the scene with have moved out to LA. Okay. So I want to reach. Yeah. So I want to reach out to them and just catch up with them because sure, those yeah. are just,
0: Okay. Yeah. So so question: When you lived in, because you grew up in LA. Yeah. And you know, I grew up in New York City, so I have a certain feeling about this. But mm-hmm. did when did you get a sense? Because I know growing up in New York City, I remember there was a time I was a little kid and I just lived in a place. Yeah and I didn't realize it was a special place. It was just like, ah, you know, you're just alive. And I remember one of my best friends was like, yo, we live in like, this city is important. Like a lot of people know this place. A lot of people wanna, and then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's why I'm <clears throat> always seeing it. I guess there are not movies about every place. So I realized at a certain point that New York was just something other mm-hmm. than a regular town or there was something special about it. Yeah. Or people thought so. You yeah. know? When did you realize that about LA and how was that for you? i think when i came out here
1: wow because mm-hmm. that's crazy uh new orleans louisiana it's fun but like new orleans is proud of itself and rightfully so you know they don't need to be anything else they don't need to look at any of the city it's it's what it is and the thing i love that's what i love about it so it's, it's a great vibe and yeah like when i was in new orleans people were like oh my god you're from la do you know do you know celebrities or do you know how to surf and it's like nah it's not really that um have you
0: seen a celebrity in la
1: Probably. Like,
0: Which you didn't know you did.
1: Yeah, probably I didn't know I did. Or wow, crazy. Um, no, actually, yes. Power 106 uh, radio station did a basketball game at my high school, and they brought one of the uh, the main characters from the movie, Coach Carter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he played basketball against uh, our varsity team.
0: Okay. That was cool. That's C-list, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, it really is. Uh, <laughs> he wouldn't do shit after that, you know? Yeah. Like, uh
0: as seen at eric's high school i don't even know the guy's name yeah. so i can't really go on with
1: that um but yeah so when i came out here and you know i had a i had one student who was like a huge snoop dog fan i was like yo snoop dogs from like 15 minutes from where i, I grew up you know yeah. um and people were like oh, yeah Mitch. la and like listening to kendrick lamar i was like yeah the compton shopping center i pass it on the way home every day
2: They're like yeah. oh my god yeah
0: have yeah. you ever been shot
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I was the one shooting, mother. Why do you think
0: that <laughs> so, so quick sidebar, yeah. uh, I, was, I was doing this like introduction at a new job. Yeah. And they were like, write an answer about yourself and don't say what the question is. And they right. have to try to guess the question. Okay. So the answer I put was six. Uh-huh. And I knew nobody was going to get it. Right. But the answer was that I was born with six fingers. Yeah. But the question is, how many fingers are you born with? Mm-hmm. So I gave them a hint. I said, it's something about my body. And it's nothing weird. I did make sure to preface that because you know how people are, right? Yeah. And then the, the guy goes, "Were you born with six toes?" I was like, "Wow, no, but you're really close." South African guy, right? Yeah. I'm like, "No, but you're really close." He goes, "Okay, were you shot six times?" How the fuck? How the fuck is that close?
1: Toes to yeah, of course, because toes and bullets, you know.
0: Shout out to my South African folks. Do better, God motherfuckers are really behind. Do yeah. better, do better. That especially was especially you, Adrian Dutoit All right, how the fuck you.
1: do you get? To, if anybody like who's watching this in South Africa, please send me a message. How do you get bullet holes from toes? Like that's we gotta figure. Send it. Out. No, send it to Eric. Yeah, don't, send, don't, don't ask. Me. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's that's gonna take up space in my brain for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so how did you get here? Uh, you went to school in in, in Louisiana. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, I've always wanted to study abroad, you know, go abroad and study abroad. And there's these amazing, um, you know, I went to the study abroad office, and you know, growing up lower socioeconomic class, I couldn't afford going abroad. Um, but I always knew before I settled down and start my career, the whatever I wanted to do, I need to live in a different country for a few years. Like that's a promise I made to myself. So I was originally trying to go to Brazil because I studied two years Portuguese. Nice. Uh, and,
0: uh, I said nice like the cop in South Park. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and uh, there's a little thing happening in Brazil called their economy's crumbling. Uh, so they weren't really hiring English teachers. Was
0: this was this like
1: uh, before the Olympics? Yeah, before the Olympics. Okay. Yeah, 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 And then um, I, called, I was like, all right, let me go to the motherland. Let me go to Mexico. And they were only offering volunteerships. ships so I was like, all right, I'm not... I'm not going to go to Mexico. And then I was like, Thailand was only giving me three months. And then I found Vietnam. And they're like, we'll give you a year. A year. To study in Vietnam. uh, To work in Vietnam. To work in Vietnam. To teach in Vietnam. Wow. Do this qualification. And I did it. And yeah, six years later, I mean, you know. Because I'm not about to like leave my apartment, cancel my health insurance, you know, stop all this bank accounts and all this stuff for three months of my life.
0: Oh,
2: sure.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so... Um What made what made you stay? The fact that I was out of the rat race. Um, Shh, say that. Yeah, I was out of their rat race, and I do a joke about this. Anyone who's seen my comedy, you know the joke I tell. But, you know, when I came here, I was immediately a first-class citizen. You, you're laughing because you know it's true. I was a first-class citizen right when I landed off, when I got off the plane. Whereas in my own country, America, like, I'm not even a first-class citizen. I have to fight. I still have to fight for that, right? You know, if I go to Arizona, you know, I have to show my birth certificate. In 49 out of the 50 states, I'm good. But one of the 49, I got to show a birth certificate. That's great. And that's,
0: and, like, off of suspicion. Yeah, yeah. off of being brown off of this stash
1: off of this which is why I grow this out like fuck you yeah. so yeah you know I came out here I was immediately treated like a white person and uh, I was like oh I get it
0: I get wait, it. This the, is... Wait, what about, what, what, what's the other kind of people you get treated like? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like an immigrant?
0: Like, no, no, no. Was, you have a joke about like uh, the, the
1: people. Oh, everyone thinks I'm Indian yes. out here. <laughs> everyone, I've gotten Indian. I've gotten Filipino. I've gotten Indonesian. I've gotten
0: I got an Indian too. This yeah. is how few, this is how little people, like, I don't know. Like what is there? What is the, what are the common denominators What's here? going on here? You like, know, what's, like, what's this? I yeah. Is it my nose. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, people people will straight up, like, somebody, some kid that I was teaching one day, yeah. the second day I was teaching him, he walked up to me, he was like, where are you from? Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of.
2: Right.
0: So I'm from New York, man. I'm from the United States. He's like, oh, okay. My parents thought you were from Bangladesh. And i right? I was like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being from Bangladesh. Yeah. But why are you so fucking racist? You're eight years old. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, trying to flex on me. Right. So I punched him in the face.
1: There you go. Hard. Let him know. So how's the job hunt going? Yeah, it's not yeah, going well. Yeah, yeah going well. I could have They
0: That shit follows you. You punch <laughs> an eight-year-old in the face. They won't forget. People tend to remember. It's
2: people, hard to get a reference.
1: They'll be like, yo, that Bangladeshi dude. <laughs> <Straight> <laughs> That's up. right. I am from Bangladesh.
0: This <laughs> <Yeah. Bangladesh> is <laughs> runaway. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do a little. Do a little. Yeah. Do a little and just run off into the.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. Okay. So, my freshman year of college, you know, is really like, you know, going to the South, you know, the Baba Belt in the South is. I remember I was at a frat party one of the first few weeks and you know I was drinking a drink uh, I was having a drink um, and I noticed this guy like staring at me from across the frat house and you know I'm just like minding my own business and like he's staring like not malice like it wasn't angry he was just like really confused by me and he walks up to me and he sh- and like you know like somebody walks up to you I was always raised you shake somebody's hand and introduce yourself so I was like okay let me do the same thing I Raised my hand. I shook his hand, and I was like, "Hey, man, how are you?" My name is Eric. And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to ask, uh, where are you from?" And I was like, "I'm from Los Angeles." He's like, oh, where, where are you from?" And he's like, uh, "He's like, are you Southeast Asian? Are you Southeast Asian right now?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "What are you?" I was like, "Mexican." And I'll never forget. He pauses. He thinks. He goes, "All right, that's cool." And he just leaves. And he just leaves. And I was just like, "This is 12 years ago, and I still think about this dude because it's like, what? What if I was?" you know you could have got it yeah could have got it could have been it could his dad was in the war or something yeah wow.
0: so if anybody knows this guy please have him right in yeah um so halfway yeah way into the podcast i i decided to shed some light on the subject now yeah. now we're, we're well lit mm-hmm. i don't know if that's better or worse
1: uh, we're good either way that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that's fine yeah
0: okay so so you came to vietnam how long before you started doing comedy in, in vietnam right away
1: yeah yeah uh okay. so i uh one of the main deciding factors of where i wanted to go is um there's a website called bads lava i don't know if you know this website okay. it's bads b-a-d-s-l-a-v-a and a comedian friend recommended it to me oh yeah, yeah. for finding open mics yeah and it, yeah. Fi- it finds open mics all around the world yeah totally. and uh, i found i looked it up and hanoi didn't really have one so i went on facebook and i found the page and um, that got me in contact with Dan Dockery, who does Stand Up Hanoi. And immediately, like within the first or second day, I was in contact. We were meeting up. And yeah, he's, he put me on his monthly shows where I was just hosting. Um, he wanted to give me a bit like um, five minute bits. But like, you know, coming from New Orleans where, you know, you have a mic every night and multiple mic- mics every night to a city where you have a mic every month. You know, a show every month. I was like, yeah, please, just hard. yeah, just give me their hosting. I need as much time as sure. possible. Yeah, so that's 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 how. Yeah.
0: So so how how important is stage time to a comedian?
1: Oh, it's everything. I mean, right? it's 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 where I mean, it's it's our gym time. It's it's where we trial and error. Yeah, if you ever see a comedian on an open mic, understand. Don't really take anything like don't hold anything against them. We're trying to figure it out. You know, we
0: we're all good people. Yeah, eh, you just, know. All right. Come on. I'm a good person. Yeah. Right. Well.
1: But like no, we're just trying to figure it out. And if we say something that offends you, sorry. But like we're trying to balance that line of like being edgy and funny and truthful and you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sometimes we just fuck
0: up. And motherfucker, it was free. Shut up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You
1: didn't pay shit for the show. Saying.
0: I always enjoy coming up to Hanoi Uh to do shows with you. Mm -hmm. Hanoi, yeah. I mean, there's
1: so many amazing comics that have not only are here now, but like have come and gone like six years, you know. Um, Southeast Asia is such a transient place. People usually like stay one or two years here. So... um, uh, Sarah Batrin, Blake AJ, those were my first ever like comedy. Uh, like we were a comedy trio in my nice. second year, and like we really, you know, Sarah Batrin did Mouth, and she really like moved the torch forward as. She did what? Um, her show called Mouth. See, yeah.
0: you can't just say she did <laughs> Mouth. I was like, hey,
1: I want to meet Sarah. Yeah. No, um, she did this show called Mouth, and it was like a variety show, and it really moved. Um, the torch forward as far as like grassroots for stand up comics um, you know Blake AJ He's uh, he's been at festivals he's done really great things and you know he's done such amazing skits he was a great brother uh, as well so those two we were like we were, we were as thick as thieves my second year um, Minkus my comedy brother I mean I've done yeah. comedy with him for six years you know yeah. like that's so shout out to Minkus
0: shout out to Minkus uh, he's uh, he's he's a funny
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's kind of cranky <laughs>
1: It's a little grouchy, he's Minka's. He, I always tell everybody, like, Minkus sounds like if Sasha Vera Cohen tried to play Borat while drunk, that's how Minkus sounds like. That's he's, no.
0: <laughs> he's always like, like, like trying to get the answers out of his head, <laughs> like rubbing it like this, right? And also, he, he looks so much like Jackie Chan that Uh it's like he gets the joke and he just like kind of leans into it
1: and wash genitalia (laughs) like that's what he (laughs) says oh Uh, my god by the way Minkus he's, uh, he's Vietnamese his name is Ming but you know it's too difficult for Westerners, so he just goes by minkus minkus is funnier yeah he yeah minkus is great that's yeah. a that's a memorable name yeah. yeah but like shout out to like joy kill Dominic vu my roommate paul snowy rimy you know the these amazing comics that i just i really love performing with and i do miss i miss i, I miss being on stage with them because yeah. like i i you know every comedian i've ever gone on stage with there's always one joke i take from every like i i like, in the dictionary of, like, not that I take, but, like... You're stealing jokes. we nah. got them on tape. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, there's always, like, one joke I remember them by. Sure. And it's, like, uh, it's like a roller. I don't know if you do this with other comics, yeah. too, but, like, yeah, like...
0: I always wanted to do the... I mean, we talked about this before. We mm. should have a show uh-huh. where we just do each other's jokes. jokes yeah. I'm trying to figure out whether... I think... I don't know if it would be funnier to mm. have us all do impressions of each other or to just tell each other's jokes in our own way.
1: I think tell each other jokes in our own I way. think that
0: would be it too. Cuz that'd yeah. be like
1: a cool like creative spin on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I thought hmm. that would that would be cool. But yeah, okay. So that's your, that's the comedy fam up in the, up in Hanoi, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and there's like so many comedians that are like come and gone that uh, I really I really miss. There's this guy Josh Cummings, one of my favorite <laughs> jokes he does is it's he, he was a one-liner comic, and I love oh, wow. I respect man one-liner. To that's fill just
0: hard it, to do five minutes, dude, and and to also to make shit that efficient. Oh man, he's yeah, a one. That's hard. Uh, Shout he, out to Narek. You're probably not listening to this, but if you are. You are awesome.
1: Yeah. I so still like Yasa and Josh Cummings. They came on together, and both of them are great. But Josh had this one joke that put me on my ass. He said, uh, I bought a new sewing machine seems too good to be true <laughs> like i just like i still remember like every time he told it i knew it was coming and it always hit me like it always always hit me man
0: <laughs> that yeah. is good that is yeah. good. because it's like it, it takes you a second and like ah that's good that's brilliant man yeah, yeah. so good yeah shit.
1: man loads loads of great great comics and yeah, Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Ali, that's his actual name there.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's mm. that's that's a heavy that's a heavy burden. Yeah. So then so then and so then you came down to Saigon. You've been in here in Saigon for like the past mm. year and a half?
1: No, past like 10 months.
0: <sighs> Jesus Christ, yeah. it feels it feels like a lot longer. You came here just like pretty much just for lockdown.
1: Yeah, I I wanted, I've done <laughs> lockdown
0: in Hanoi and I was like, <laughs> like now I went out of the south desert. Let's mm. see what staying home feels like, you know, where in people in the south. Yeah. yeah. Man, out of the frying pan into the fire. Mhm. So timestamp, today is the 27th of October. 28th. 28th, I don't know what day it is, man. No. It's the 28th of October, 2021. Uh, Vietnam is just starting to open up, Saigon specifically, mm-hmm. after like a three month lockdown. And so now restaurants are open up. We, we went to the the, the, the Phu Sao place mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, restaurants are starting to open, maybe bars pretty soon. I haven't been on stage since April. Oh, that's something I wanted to ask you. Right. When's the last time you were on stage?
2: Fuck.
1: Uh, right before lockdown. I think it was maybe, I think it might have been the Brick and Barrel show. Okay. Uh, so that Kurt, was April. Yeah, yeah, Kirk yeah. show. Um, yeah. Maybe, give or take some of the open mics that I was probably going at. Yeah. Because um, the headliner show I did in March. Right. Um, that was cool.
0: Have you done uh, many online mics?
1: You know, I sh- when you go into lockdown, like I get like I-, I used to do online mics for our buddy Sam in Cambodia all the time. Shout out to Sam! But also, it was because like I was so mo- I was so active and it was a fun thing. So I would do the online mic and then drive to a in-person mic. A I'll- real show. Yeah, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, Sam, yeah, Sam. But um, you know, while we're in lockdown, I if i don't do shit all day i can't get myself up to do comedy like it's just it's like it's it's hard the inertia inertia. yeah exactly so to get that ball rolling into do stuff i did one for neil maybe yeah Yeah. i did one for neil um but honestly like you know lockdown was hard um i just didn't feel funny yeah you know i think since lockdown has been lifted and i've been able to see people it just comes out because like my comedy feeds off of productivity and just bouncing ideas off of it's, stuff. it's still not very good. Yeah, no, I'm that's sorry. so. Now you can imagine if it wasn't, you know, like that's. <laughs> imagine how much shit I'd be eating. That'd be terrible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I, I, can't. I like. I, I wish I wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. The, the online. I don't like the. the right. I mean, you know, like, no shade to anybody who's doing it, and yeah. if you can do it, great. you can develop and grow that way. I just, I feel like, I feel like about online comedy it's like it went during a lockdown right it's like if you're away from your girl you know or your significant other and and then she wants to have like phone sex or something like that and i'm just like i don't i'll just i don't i'll just fuck you when i see you i promise i don't want to yeah you know what i mean i don't want to i don't uh, just you know so i just i haven't i haven't been. i did a few in the first lockdown Mm -hmm. but i haven't done any and then i feel like this kind of fomo or i feel like I'm not being responsible because I should be continuing, but I just don't, and you know, and the mics, I don't care if the mics are off or the mics are on. The mics are off is terrible because you can't hear people laugh. And then if the mics are on, there's like a delay, hopefully, and then it feels like a lot of people like will laugh, like to be encouraging, like, ha ha, oh, and it's just like, nah, I don't want, like don't, don't be fake. I just want to feel the people. I want Hmm. to raw dog it.
1: You dirty dick, motherfucker. That's, that's.
0: I, but but with a clean penis, with a clean microphone. Jesus.
1: By the way, has anyone used this microphone since I didn't? Did you wash this mic since Eliza? Uh,
0: but I, it's not since last time I used it, and it it wasn't for an audio podcast. I'll tell you that.
1: I'm gonna take another drink. No, I'm not gonna drink to drink alcohol. I'm drinking to sterilize my lips right there now. That's go. what I'm doing. Sterilize. <laughs> you that's yourself.
0: what. I'll Please. I'm gonna need them later. No, I'm Mm -hmm. just kidding. These these are jokes, folks. So anyway, so now we get down. Now that things are feeling kind of loose, I felt like earlier, I felt like a little. I felt nervous. This is the Mm -hmm. first one that I've done uh, since lockdown, and only the second one that I've done. Yeah, you know. So there's that. So now let's get to the meat of it, which is the Outsiders podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to know from you when you hear like the Outsiders, like. What does that mean to you? What does that look like to you? Somebody who is an outsider.
1: Somebody who is an outsider. Um, to me, somebody who is an outsider is somebody who not only thinks differently, but acts on that different impulse. I think a lot of people think like they think differently. And because they think differently, they're an outsider, but they follow the group. You're not thinking different. You're not an outsider, dude. You're just follow blindly following. Yeah. Somebody who's an outsider to me, it takes courage to be who you are and it takes courage to like say nah man this is wrong or this is what I believe and you can call me angry minority you can call me problematic you can call me uh, anything but at the same at the end of the day you're gonna know what I think I'm not gonna soften my words for your ears like I've become an outsider because of that because Mm. I just say I think that's wrong yeah and you know especially like uh living in certain places where people like ooh, ooh, that's ruining our vibe and it's like well i don't
0: care it's ruining my vibe yeah yeah you know it's 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 that that is a tough position to be in though because Mm -hmm. when something happens you know the people that are around you know it's not going to be well received and you know it's going to be like you're the problematic one you know what i mean when it's like when you say something yeah i think that i think that's that's for me, that's that's why I do comedy. It used to be something having like that, and I, I'd be like, I'd be so frustrated, I'd go home and think about it for two weeks, you know what I mean? But now hmm. I'm just like, I'm going to talk about this motherfucker on stage. i going
1: to write this you know? down right now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to light your ass up.
0: Exactly. So how does being an outsider inform the way that you do what you do, especially your, your art?
1: Inform what I do um, I always want to speak From my own perspective And I think Growing up I always just felt different You know mm-hmm. Growing up I always just felt Like I just didn't fit mm-hmm. And uh, going to college You're I felt- also
0: very tall So yeah. it's really I mean come on uh, Well like growing up You saw I was- what happened To my jacket
1: Yeah <laughs> Your jacket saw what happened to your jacket. Uh. It's
0: the last thing it saw. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> slow motion. Latin music was playing. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just says that. It, it, uh,
0: Apocalypse. Yeah.
1: No, I think so. Growing up, I've, I've, I've never. The way I put it in. Growing up, I've never been two feet into one thing. I've mm. always had one foot one foot in, one foot out. And it's not because I just didn't like the thing or I wasn't a true hardcore fan. I just, like, I can appreciate that I love basketball, but tabletop RPG games are the shit, too. Mm. Like, yeah. I love track and field, but, like, you know, I'll, list, I'll do all this other crazy, like, different shit, and I won't do it to the point of fanaticism I just never been a fanatic about anything okay. uh, besides comedy really like yeah. I, I think that really was my thing um, so going to university I felt more like the my interest as a person I felt more connected but then on the outside superficially i felt more disconnected Mm. and socioeconomically like growing up you know lower class i also felt more disconnected so Mm. again it almost felt like i was swapping one foot for the other Hmm. of of being in and out so interesting so yeah like growing up with that you know interesting dynamic of like you know having immigrant parents and growing up we all had immigrant parents and you know i was always kind of weird and nerdy kid but also not super athletic kid and then i go to college and I'm the only one with immigrant parents, but I'm nerdy and everyone's nerdy. But then I grew up lower class and I couldn't afford certain things, but everyone could, you know, it was, mm. it was this weird dynamic. And I think it influences a lot of what I do because I've seen different lifestyles and different mentalities. And I just want to be true to myself and be who I am and just be unapologetic, but also understanding that who I am can be wrong. You know and I think that's that's a tight rope I need to keep walking of like yeah. I love playing somebody with bravado cuz to me in my mind that's <laughs> such a dumb thing to be. Yeah. If you really know me like I really get to know me yeah. like I'm questioning everything I do. That's
0: so funny. Yeah, like I'm questioning
1: yeah. everything I do. Yeah. And you know. G- yeah,
0: yeah, 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 that's so good.
1: Yeah, so do you, do
0: you how, how far do you think wh- what do you think this is the gap between who you are in real life and and who you are the guy on stage
1: uh you know i think it's an exaggerated form right i think my comedy has been sculpted a lot by like the things i find funny is the guy that doesn't get it like to me that's always been so funny like the guy that's just like do you have protection i don't believe in guns like that dumbass and you know sometimes when i get up on stage like sometimes i try to you know it's hard because like I do want to make these statements and I do want to get people thinking, but sometimes I just like being that dumbass and it's just fun because yeah. like it's,
0: it, it's 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 way yeah. it's it's way more there's way more room than to, there is for like to. Act like you know everything, right? You know There's I mean? way more room to fall, yeah.
1: And the thing, like, the amount of times I've done a joke, like, not even on stage, but just like with friends and have received a lecture, it's like, you know, you don't get it. Like, yeah. I'm on your side, right? The parody is this caricature that I'm portraying right. as yeah. a person, like, dude, people yeah. don't get that, yeah.
0: It's like, so. I, I you, sometimes you do a joke and you're like, like if I actually and this is hard for people to, to fathom, hmm. but if I actually meant that, do you think I would have said it? Right. You know what I mean? And that's right. like a, it's like a, I guess it's a paradox. With, yeah. And yeah. It's also like
1: the paradox, like sometimes when you're a comedian, people think everything you do is like, supposed to be a joke. And it's like, my dog just died. Oh my God. That's no, like they actually uh, died. I'm being serious, right? Like, you know, like doing things like that, but then also <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but then also, like, you know, it's yeah, it, it's an interesting situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, doing the thing I love, stand-up comedy, writing comedy, and just, you know, coaching basketball, doing all these things that I love and being so
0: lucky. Let's say coaching basketball. He yeah. just, like, skipped over it. Like, that's not, like, a thing. Yeah. Talk about that a minute.
1: Oh, man. Um. So basketball pretty much taught me that, like, I always had dreams. And, you know, the basketball program I was a part of really taught me how to achieve them. You know, and the one thing I liked about coaches is, is really basketball is not what they're teaching you. They're teaching you life lessons right. with the basketball, yes. and they're teaching you how to. And my coach, um, I would always call him. We called him J Rock. J Rock, like just Old Testament type of dude. There's either the right way, the wrong way, and if you, you know, like. And but we needed that as kids. Like it's crazy. But like we old test. I <clears throat> I
0: don't think I've ever heard somebody <clears throat> described as an Old Testament. But it just sounds like a lot of wrath
1: right well it wasn't it was more like he had a standard from us and he would not budge okay like we had to meet the standards and I think a lot of a lot of people dropped out of our program but the ones like did stay in and they were all right let's like we understand what he's trying to do Mm. um yeah we took a lot of lessons that you know a lot of us really took into our lives like yeah so uh I'm really grateful for that so I like coaching um you know, I took a different approach to my coach because we're all different. Like, you know, I, if, like the old saying, I think, who was it? Somebody said, I wanted to be, there was a famous person, a success, and a, a fan said, I want to be just like you when I grow up. And he said, You're going to fail. Yeah. You can't be, if you're going to aim at me, you're going to fall short. That's right. You got to aim higher than me. And then you'll become you know like yeah and uh they said do you think i wanted to end up with this record right do you think i wanted this i wanted a better life and yeah. i just ended up with an right. amazing one you know yeah. yeah so yeah um that's
0: cool man i mean any mentor any yeah. true mentor yeah wants his or her disciples mm-hmm. to to do better than than they did you know yeah. if you're doing it right you yeah
1: know? and i remember when i got my scholarship like he shook my hand and I never seen him so happy. Wow. And I think that's when I re- it really clicked yeah. what I was doing. Like he, he was again, again, old testament dude, stone face. Wow. Like just like had a had an agenda. And I'll never forget, like I was 17, he shook my hand, he shook it with both hands, yeah. and he was smiling and shaking that's his amazing, head. That's amazing, man. And he's like, "I all he said was, I am so proud of you. Wow. I am so proud of you. Congratulations, Jeez. go and accept your scholarship. I am so, that's all he would say, I'm so proud of that's you. That's Yeah, you know, so yeah, I coach, and like I, I find all these things that I really like to do, and yeah, just, why not do them all?
0: Hell yeah, man, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we have the capacity to do so much, so why should we limit ourselves, man, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, true I, that. I think uh, the biggest lie we're told as kids is the question of what do you want to be when you grow Jesus up, and Christ. it's a singular thing. Yeah, I know.
0: And my I, whole thing is always like, what do I want to do next? Yeah, because if you if you when you're a kid and they you know because they try to make you start thinking about that shit at like 18, mm-hmm. like you're gonna go to college. What are you gonna do for the rest of your life? Right. It's like I don't. I'm 18 years old. What the mm. fuck do I know? You right. know what I mean? So just figure out the next thing you want to do and and do it hardcore. Yeah. You know, and then. Maybe you do something else later, you know? Yeah, yeah that's what's up. So what's next for you? Um, I think that fear that
1: I've had inside of me of, like, you can't make a bet. Come on, dude. You can't make it in the States, can you? I, I think it's that fear I need to tackle. Of like, that's so I, wild, I, man. I need, to be, I need to be able to prove to myself that I can get a good paying job. You know, I got a scholarship to go to one of the best universities in the country. And I want to prove to myself more than anyone that I could... Get a really a good paying job that I love, right? Not something that I sell myself out for, like something that a job that I believe in, mm. that I can directly help people. Yeah, and you know, be a respectable, be a respectable member academically of society because I've already done that yeah go abroad and you know try to help people and I've done that yeah now it's time to go back home and try to help my communities that's the that's next man you know and uh I've been grateful for the people who've given me those opportunities and who recognized that I am able to do these things like you know nobody achieves anything by themselves yeah and I also understand that like yeah like you know understanding the privilege of having support is a privilege but also not selling yourself short and you know settling for a good life when you really want something else
0: some great man yeah you're gonna do great man you i, I think that uh mm. you know I, I recently found myself uh looking for for a job as mm. my contract is ending with the one i have now <laughs> punching a kid yeah. i mean yeah. Yeah, some kids need mm. to get the shit knocked out of them you know mm. Ah, mm-hmm. shout out to bangladesh but yes. uh when you had a job for too long this has been my experience mm-hmm you start to like not really know what your worth is. You know, it's kind of like what I always say about traveling, about living abroad. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know who you are until you leave the context within which you were born. Right. And find out who you are in a new context, right? Because right. you just you start you just judge yourself based on the people around you, like what you know. But then when you leave, it's like, okay, who am I in this situation, right? And I've said this a bunch, even on the podcast, I think. And I think that happens with jobs also. You just start like doing these things. And I've been going on interviews, and they're asking me questions, and things come out, and I'm like, wow, yeah, I did this, and wow, I did that, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that, I think that you're you're. I think that you know there's a part of you that knows you can do great and knows you're going to do great and I think there's a part of you that like tries to just stay humble, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I but I I know that what you've learned and what you've done, even just getting up on stage, like being a stand-up comedian Public speaking is the number one greatest fear. Like, yeah. like every year they do these studies.
1: How many times do people walk up to us? Okay, so if you're not a stand-up, uh, here's a little insight into our lives. So many times, and we actually, it's we can count the times it doesn't happen. I know what you're gonna say already. That we get off the stage and somebody walks up to us and says, "I wish I could do that." Yeah. The amount of times. Yeah. The amount of times people said, "Oh my God, I wish I could do that." Yeah. I wish I could do that, and it's you know, it's it's I wish you I can. Could do it. You're not going to be able to the first time you do it. You're going to eat shit a few times. But not everybody
0: can also. Let's, yeah. let's not give them false hope. Like, like most of you... Cannot do what we do, um, but it's it's it, it it. But mostly it takes courage, right? It just takes courage. But
1: resiliency, I think, is Resil- bigger. Yeah, yeah. I think it takes courage to get you up the first time, and yeah. it takes resiliency to keep doing it. Because some people really go upward right away, yeah. and that wasn't my case. I ate shit for the first. But th-
0: you, but you <laughs> did the funny thing. You, I, I meant to mention this <laughs> earlier. That I, I think I told you this before. We, I'm not gonna tell, say things that I've said to you before, yeah. but on camera. Because, I'll, I'll you be know, surprised. But we thank you. We were talking about Chris Rock. Is that Chris Rock said that like he murdered like the first two weeks that he went yeah. on stage? Yeah, he was just killed. He had all these thoughts, and he was a big fan of Eddie Murphy. And he had like he's was a funny guy naturally, I think you know. Yeah, and so he like murdered for two weeks, and then he he invited this woman that that he liked. <laughs> I already know where this story you is going. You already know where this story. going oh. and he fucking bombed for three years. <laughs> Yeah. He invited her and he ate shit in front of this woman that he liked and he continued to tank for like three years. Yeah. But he kept going. Yeah. And now, you know, Chris Rock is like one of top five at least, you know. Some yeah, man. shout out to Keila Rose. I know that's that's your number one guy, Keila yeah. Rose.
1: I mean, that's not a bad judgment of Keila Rose, though. I mean, he's he's an amazing stand up. But yeah, like on. some people like, yeah, you're gonna some of you guys, if you want to do comedy, you're gonna develop within a year some of you are going to be like me and it's going to take years and it's going to take resiliency and courage to eat shit and keep going
0: and some of you are going to be like me and never bomb never have a bad night hey by the way showered in adoration shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) eric beat me in a comedy competition all right it's out the bag okay (laughs) well he didn't beat me He, he he just came in ahead of me
1: well, we don't know if I where I'd beat you because you you weren't even ranked. I didn't place. You didn't even place. I didn't place. Yeah, you weren't even on that. And, oh. I, did,
0: and I didn't play. I didn't place last year either. Right. Oh. I, mm. wait, what do you mean? What were you mm, for?
1: Oh, that was that pissed me off. I was there. Why
0: uh, did you, Why did it piss you off, Eric?
1: Oh, because you were usually the best, if not the second best. Like, yeah,
0: I think I, I heard Anne had a had a and shout out to Anne fam. I heard she had the best set of the night. Yeah, but I didn't even come in second or third. And then and then I heard afterwards they said that it was because I did too many jokes about being American, and uh, I did I did a joke about Prince Philip and DMX, right. uh, about teachers using guns, and I think a lot of the the other comedians that did well they talked about their identities. They talked about being from England
1: but you know being black dude like come on you, you should
0: have known better I know I shouldn't have talked about being I'm myself. being sarcastic like, I should <laughs> not have talked about being myself that's yeah. where I went wrong I should have been talking about, British talking about being <laughs> a an English woman yeah then I might have done better but yeah. anyway yeah I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore
1: yeah uh yeah no competitions can be tough yeah. um but the thing about it is I remember that competition the first one where I beat him uh <laughs> I'll never forget son of a bitch you scared the shit out of me because the lineup was uh, I think Toby was first he was second and I was third and he got on and he you did it real fucking well to the point where you killed me with one of your jokes I was was scared as shit Going on stage. What joke was that? To you? Um, it was the long distance joke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks. Um, huh. but yeah, like, yeah, uh, because like I remember the being I was like, fuck, I gotta beat this guy. Like I just, yeah. So it was it was mutual admiration. And man. then I know. you did, you son
0: of a bitch. Yeah. Ruined my night. Yeah. And I still invited you here. Yeah, that's what good. What's wrong with me, man? Right?
1: That's that's juice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's juice, yo.
1: That's when you got that juice. Yeah. Cheers, yo so but I don't know man like I, I get what you're saying and I think you and I vibe a lot about just being outsiders living in Hanoi one of the things a lot of people don't realize and even people from Hanoi don't realize it's it's pretty difficult being a person of color in Hanoi just you uh, know white very I don't want to say white supremacy but like just a white mindset it's hard to get people to laugh with you and i in a a way i'm very
0: especially when you're talking shit about white people yeah (laughs) uh, which is pretty much our brand
1: yeah but also like it taught me a very valuable skill and how to do it yeah in a way that's like actually i learned this from watching uh white savior movies and why they became so popular i was like
0: so funny Uh, shout out to uh nmi because i had a conversation with his buddy about sure. white savior movies hey, yeah what'd you, what'd
1: you hear so one thing i noticed about white savior movies i was like ah oh, this is how i can do it in hanoi um this letting you guys all in to one of the moments i had was uh the reason some of the, one of the reasons i realized white savior movies are very popular is because they end up always having one white guy and one white woman who were not racist and were the cool ones that fought for you know, black or Mexican or Asian rights, and is
0: racist. White, racist white people in the audience, like, I really that's one. <laughs> that's me. I know i got this. racist during this movie. Right now, I know.
1: Now. <laughs> I, I know that's me. So, like, one of the things I realized, like, all right, so you got of gotta give room sometimes for that shit it was interesting yeah yeah, yeah. it really was interesting having to learn um because you gave me a really great audrey lord quote and i will meet your audrey lord quote with the angela davis quote
0: but you got to give me the audrey lord quote quote oh no no no, don't give that one um (laughs) come to think of it yeah
1: angela davis quote and it's it's so true it really really uh encapsulates encapsulates
2: enca- encompasses it's it em- a hard word to yeah. say on a lot of whiskey
1: yeah that's true um it really encompasses my experiences in hanoi and that is um i'm paraphrasing the great angela davis uh where she says there seems to be a phenomenon amongst uh white people around the world that uh racism is only a south african issue or an american issue but it's never a british issue or french issue Australian issue a New Zealander issue and um, you know there there seems to be this idea and I, I ran into that every day really yeah. in in Hanoi so I was like man this is an interesting thing so yeah. what do I do do I shrink myself to fit the mold or do I just keep chugging on and three years of eating shit and chugging on I figured it out and you know I, I'm grateful in that sense but yeah. you know at the same time you know it's, it's I told you this like I've talked to white people from different countries around the world and they all seem to have the same not all not all but a lot of them seem to have the the mentality of um yeah that's something that happens in america but that doesn't happen here right that that's an american thing that doesn't happen in my country shout out Uh, canada yeah and uh i've talked to people of color from those exact same countries and like oh no it happens Oh, no, it happens here. Like, it still happens here. Because they're like, talking to other white people. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> did you see any racism? No. no. Shoot, no? no? All right, we're good. Okay,
1: All right, uh, let's step over this black body real quick. I uh, wonder what he did to deserve that. That homeless guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. Um, you know, being in Hanoi for five years, and a half years uh, it's not like i hated every moment of it there were some amazing things and sure. you know i i am very careful about like painting an entire city with a brush because every time i that's graffiti uh, yeah that's yeah that's well it's banky if i'm white uh
0: <laughs> street art
1: yeah it's it's an expression <laughs> you know if i can say if i say anything then i know like i can pick names i was like nah, that's not them yeah. no nah, that's not them right now i know damn well that's not them mm. and it just feels irresponsible to paint that um True. so yeah like hanoi like hanoi had some really great spots otherwise i wouldn't spend five and a half years i mean but also at the same time you know there there is something to be said that when i come to ho chi Minh city my immediate my immediate thought is like there are so many there are so many people of color here and it's amazing uh westerners of color
0: why are there so many more people of color in only well, because it's so damn racist i don't know i don't know
1: that's your words, not mine. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just asking questions. Yeah. It's like an open mic, yeah. right? I talked to one of my coworkers, and she asked me if I'm ever going to move back to Hanoi, and my response was absolutely not, for the simple fact that there is something to be said that when conversations about race happened, it only happened when I was on stage in Hanoi.
2: Uh,
1: Here, I don't have to be on stage to talk about race.
2: Right?
1: I can talk you can be about on my it. podcast. I can be on this podcast. Outside of podcast, <laughs> brought to you by Jameson, Jameson Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um there is no substitute mm-mm. but
1: like yeah like there is something to be said that that's a real thing and i'm not gonna ignore that and i'm not gonna not say that yeah you know that is an actual observation i made within my first week here yeah and that says bounds you know
0: yeah well you mm-hmm. knew people before you came down here true too, so that was like probably helpful as well, yeah.
1: well but the way i say it is i know people both in hanoi and in ho chi minh if i were in ho chi minh at a moved to hanoi i wouldn't have that observation would i
0: yeah, no, it'd be different. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, sure, and yeah. again, like it, it, there are amazing people who are fighting against that, and not just people of color, but white allies who are like standing up and standing out and speaking out, and I appreciate them for doing so. Um, but I think it just got to a point where like I was, I was, tired. Yeah. You know, and I was tired of being angry minority. Mm. It's draining. For those of you who don't know, like, if you're a minority and you get labeled with that, it's a big fucking burden to carry. Uh, to be angry minority to know every time you stand up people are going to look at you and be like well, that's just him he's angry yeah. and it's so dismissive it's so uh, belittling condescending so i just i just got tired of people looking at me like i'm angry i am but there's also so many facets to who we are as people yeah. and i kind of wanted people to see those other facets sure. that dumbass like i wanted people to say that yeah. goofy that yeah. goofy dumbass that stretches out your, your sweater and yeah. that made me angry yeah. so now
0: i'm now i'm a I passed on Double angry. angry my <laughs> so some lateral violence. On my jacket.
1: Dude. Is I that brown that on black crime?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I do comedy though, because it's like all of my resentment, yeah. I can I can form into something that it looks like I'm joking about. Yeah. But I'm not. You know yeah. what I mean? And and hopefully hopefully someone will get it. Right. Or maybe hopefully someone will feel validated. Right. You know, that's part of the reason I do it. Yeah. And obviously also so I can be rich. Because I feel like it's, I'm close. I feel close. Do you do you feel this? Oh
1: yeah, I feel it for you, man. Yeah, thanks, I feel it man. For you, yeah. I
0: think I'm like I'm on the brink. There you go. Yeah, I might get I might get 20 listeners to this podcast. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Ooh, we're in the double digits. There you go. Oh my god. So so man, uh, I don't know. Like how to, how to how to cap this off, man. It's like you're you're about to about to head off into the wild 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 west the, the, the red white and blue yonder yeah man uh you you want to say any any parting words to your to your fans out here fans yeah. people that like you a lot out here man yeah you know? true 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 but um
1: ah man uh thank you for putting up with me man um it's been hard, it's been hard. Like I'm not gonna. I'll be the first to tell you, I uh, I ruined some of your nights, and I I apologize for that. And jackets,
0: yeah, and jackets. My couch. Couch. This is all this
1: is. This is all this is. Just making me feel guilty. It's resentment, yeah. I was like, I gotta let it out
0: in comedy, man. No, but man,
1: like the uh, <laughs> the Hanoi faithful, man. Like we didn't deserve you, and thank you. Like um, the Hanoi faithful. What I mean is, like the people that would show up to all of our shows even though they've heard our joke 10 times, That's and would amazing. still laugh Gary and you know, all of yeah, everyone. Cause it's, it's, uh, you didn't have to, there were other things going on that night and you just, you watched us do the exact same thing over and over again. So man, uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart without an audience. We would just honestly, sometimes we would cancel the nights if we didn't have you guys there. So thank you for allowing us to keep going. Um, Paul, thank you for, you know, uh, Paul Sonic, um, Thank you for doing the Free Thoughts open mic. And yeah, all the comedians who have come and are not, that have gone to different countries and the ones who are still continuing the mantle. um, Thank you guys, man. This is, it's, I want to see Hanoi reach success and especially Hanoi comedy. So um, keep up, yeah, keep up that good work and know that I love you and I miss you and I'm doing my best to make you all proud so that one day uh, you guys can turn on the TV and be like, oh, I saw that guy eat shit uh before (laughs) and yeah man thank you thank you we didn't uh we didn't deserve you
0: cheers man all right well (sighs) i think this i think this is the end of the podcast man forever
1: this is it i'm the last
0: no, I'll yeah. see you in three months. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this is the end. Of this is the end head. of part one. Yeah. When you go back, and you're like, I'm into wow, Mad Max style. This is what y'all doing now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You come back looking like uh, like Rutger Hauer and Goddamn yeah. yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just the undies, yeah. like at the end, right? With uh, the tears, mask, tears and just, in the yeah, yeah, or the, yeah, yeah, something like that, man. The but mask. uh But yeah, we'll see each other again, man. Yeah, I know Of course, man. Yeah. But thanks, thanks for being my second guest on the Asia Out Loud Outsiders Podcast. Mm. It's not just comedians, but uh they're pretty good go to yeah. in terms of a good interview. It's the only
1: ones that'll put up with
0: you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Friends, that helps man. No. All right, well thanks dude. Thanks, man. All right man. Peace out.
2: We'll see you next time.
0: Okay.